0: Hi everybody, welcome
1: back. Uh, I'm excited today because we have two young men on here that are facilitators of a really cool program called Success for Teens. Uh, I know it's part of a greater nonprofit uh, called Low Entropy and they do a lot of great things in the community and in the world and they've just brought their Success for Teens program to Canada. Uh, Kind of funny thing, I met these two young men very briefly through a friend uh, and then as I started to learn more about their program, I realized that about 10 years ago, I had actually purchased the book, Success for Teens, and it's sitting on my bookshelf. So welcome to the show, Matthew Clapwick and Lev Karrison. Hi, gentlemen.
2: Hey. Thank you very much.
1: So I'm really excited to have you both on. I'd love for you just to tell the viewers a little bit about who you are personally before we kind of delve into Success for Teens and what it's all about and, and why you joined it. So Matthew, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and and uh, why you do this program?
2: Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Brendy, for the uh, opportunity. Um, so I, I guess my personal development started about 10 years ago. I'm 31 now, and when I was going to... You know, university and high school, I was very shy, introverted, used to stutter when I talked. And it's really hard to make friends when you can't really communicate. So I basically became a really good follower instead of a leader. And I followed people from different things. And I basically was, I don't know, like my eyes would be like the the view of, you know, reality TV show of what the high school and uh, the social life was. And I saw everything since I was very... um, you know, uh, my my background actually is is I'm half Filipino, and my dad's from Holland, so they call me a jalapeno, <laughs> So I can basically connect with almost anybody. And I, I just you know I was with the with the uh, excelling kids. It was the with the the dropouts, and I just saw so much disconnection, and it it was it was disheartening. And I always wanted to do something about it. I didn't know how, but I basically just became a listener. So people would tell me about their problems, and I wouldn't. Go, Um, try to solve them because I had no answers but I would just come from a place of non-judgment just understanding and it really brought people closer and I was able to help people you know uh, get better in their schooling and graduate and tutoring and then I kind of use that same skills into entrepreneurship today where now I get to now go back and be able to pay it forward and so it's, it's been a, it's a great ride. Um, I see met Lev through that. And we both had a great passion for helping kids and helping teens pay it forward and just make that connection. So that's a little bit of a little bit about me. Yeah,
1: oh, that's very cool. And where do you live now? Where?
2: I live in Coquitlam.
1: In yeah. Coquitlam. Oh, so you're Canadian, you're Canadian too. Okay. Yes. Canadian, <laughs> I love that. Jalapeno. That is, that's just something else. <laughs> oh my goodness. The, the chicken adobo in your house must be unique.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, very cool. And and Lev, what about you?
3: So yeah, um, s- humble beginnings as well. I mean, I come from. Uh, I mean, I, I immigrated to Canada when I was ten years old. Uh, so that was back in '95. I've been here for now 22 years, um, and I mean, it wasn't a. It was a rocky start uh, when we got here. We didn't know anybody. I didn't know the language. Um, the only thing I knew was B I N G O, so so that was uh, that was interesting. So I was uh, actually took ESL, and through that I progressed and went to regular school. But when we moved here, I moved a lot, and uh, it was hard to. It wasn't hard to make friends. It was hard to maintain friends because we kept moving from city to city. Um, uh, through that, um, I went. I mean, we weren't. I, I don't want to say we were super well off, or we had a really bad beginning. Um, I mean, we made ends meet. But at the same time, I didn't have that type of leadership um, that I would have envisioned that, or the type of leadership that me and Matthew are bringing forward uh, to other teens. I didn't have that kind of opportunity. Uh, I, I mean, I took what I could get at the time, and I work my way through and yeah i can call myself successful now owning three businesses and still pushing forward um but again the starts were it was tough getting to like getting to know people and you know learning the language and everything like that and there wasn't anybody there to help me along the way and now i see an opportunity is uh to give back, to contribute back. And that's kind of where me and Matthew gel together really well because we both met. And it was at a crossroad when I met Matthew. I wasn't really into a lot of philanthropy or giving back. And when I met Matthew, we kind of snowballed that.
1: Oh, very cool. Um, Part of what we do with Teen Wealth, uh, we have a program in high schools as well, where it's kind of a young entrepreneur program uh, because I think that, teaching youth how to create their own product and sell it. Um, And a product doesn't have to be obviously something tangible that you hold in your hand and sell, but just anything, even if it's just speaking or telling your story. And that's your product. It's, I mean, it's so neat to watch their faces change and they realize that they can create something that's uniquely their own. The world doesn't have to tell them who they are or what they can do with their lives. And then they want to give back more. So that kind of goes to what you were saying. And I'll come back to the three businesses because uh, that's what we teach. I I own several businesses myself and I just, I love to dabble. And and a lot of our listeners are actually entrepreneurs. So I'll come back and ask you a few questions about those in in a little bit. (laughs) Awesome,
3: awesome. And yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, is it easy to start a business? Of course, anybody can start a business. But I mean, Ninety uh, percent of the businesses fail within the first year, right? So it's not so much about starting the business; it's about creating a sustain a sustainable business that can keep going forward, right? Um, that and for me, I mean, business is not so much about hey, look at it, let's make money. It's more so about hey, let's develop people, uh, let's create something.
1: Mm, absolutely, oh, I love that. Develop people. I may steal that from you. <laughs> Forgiveness, oh, I like it. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining. So, um, how did you both get into Success for Teens? Where, how did that opportunity come about for the two of you?
2: So basically, uh, we met. Uh, I met actually Vanessa at a um, a meetup group called Conscious Connections, and it was basically uh, kind of a support group for people to. It was kind of like you were surrounded in a round table, and they, they would take one topic, whether it was relationships, forgiveness. And they would have like five minutes of content and the rest was just going around the circle. And we got to hear everyone's stories and uh, it was really empowering just for people to just open up to give them a platform where they can talk and be vulnerable. Mm. And uh, after I I loved what she was doing and we went out for coffee and then uh, she told me that uh, there was this success for teens that was really successful and established and helping teenagers um, really, really connect with each other and give them, giving them a platform uh, to, to talk. And so the whole point of the the book, uh, Success for Teens, is just taking care of the little things and the little things that matter. And there's so there's, I think, about eight points in the whole chapter. And each, each chapter has a story by a teen for a teen. And so, you know, I actually gave it to some of my clients, some of my friends, and they, they said, like, where was this, t- you know, 10 years ago? and uh, just that alone would be really great but then they say if you want to have a secret write it in a book because no one's going to read it right so we (laughs) wanted to take that from information to implementation and so i always wanted to to help teens and then uh you know me and love will do a lot of different things with that and uh yeah we just wanted to make sure we can get to a place where um we can just take this to every school and organization uh, because there's a lot of programs out there, but usually after the program um, goes, um, you know, they just take a new program. But we wanted to people, teams, to come into the program, and then when they would graduate, uh, they would pay it forward and do the whole thing
3: over again for others. So, yeah. so, so how me and Matthew met actually, I went to one of his meetups in Vancouver. Uh, it's called uh, it's called Millionaires in Training, I believe, hmm. um, and uh, that's where we met. And when I met Matthew, he was actually the one uh hosting the uh the meetup and i was so impressed by his speech and the way that he presented himself i was like i had tons of questions for him and so we decided to go have a starbucks meet after that uh we went to starbucks and we both kind of laid it out on the table we were looking at each other and we're like well what do you want to do i'm like well i want to do something for teens i think you know they're our future they're the leaders of tomorrow and matthew's like yeah and he was talking about his third wish um um, is that what it's called? The Third Wish that you were talking about? Matthew? Yeah. yeah. So originally so,
2: it was Third Wish.
3: Yeah. Right. And so from that, we both kind of connected really, uh, really well. So me and Matthew actually created the Givers Group. It's giversgroup.org. Um, you can check it out online and check out our projects that we've done there. A little plug-in, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, so through that we've uh, ran some projects, uh, got together our network of entrepreneurs, and we um, talked to quite a few people, and we were led to all these different directions, and you know where it started off with youth and teens, and kind of led to hey, let's help uh, parents, and let's help the homeless, and let's help everybody. So from that, it kind of staggered on. We did some projects, learned a lot, um, and to bring it all back, uh, Matthew again, met with uh, Vanessa from Low Entropy, and that really brought us back to where we started so that now we see definitely the the goal and the dream where we want to end up.
1: Um, Do do you two find um, that there are just a few common things that teens struggle with? Are you always surprised or, sorry, or are you always surprised by all the new struggles that young people have? Like um, with our program, There's a couple of big things that teens struggle with, and then they've got all the little things underneath. Do you find a couple of things that come up consistently with different youth?
3: Shocked and amazed. Shocked and amazed. Um, Well, when I was growing up, I'm talking like, I don't know, 13, 14. I was, you know, I never really thought about the things That people struggle with these days, uh, which is quite incredible, uh, to see the progression in terms of, and I'm talking more of a, uh, uh, extreme end where it's like a high risk type place where you struggle with drugs and alcohol and, um, you know all that sort of stuff not to say that it's never been around but it's just an incredible trend transfer transition for me to see that and to look back at to see my childhood and to see what other p- teens are going through and again that's an extreme end, and also to the other extreme where teens you know you hear them in the newspapers and on you know, blogs and there and places like that where they're doing some incredible things and making incredible things happen again we didn't have the information age when I was growing up and I'm not making myself sound archaic. I'm only 32 years old just to throw that in there. Um, but at the same time, like the, 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 the speed that we get our information at and to hear like, you know, a 12 year old or a 14 year old or a 16 year old is doing something incredible with the UN and other organizations like that. It's like, it's very humbling and, and, and teens who are starting their own things uh, to not just to give back, but also businesses. And it's just an incredible uh, thing. And I, uh, I, I didn't see that when I was growing up. So the times have changed big time, and they just keep changing faster and faster.
1: Absolutely. So you gave one little plug. Why don't you give the rest of the plugs? Can you give their social media and the website and all that kind of stuff so that <laughs> anyone who's listening might follow?
3: <laughs> of course. Uh, so the, the giversgroup.org is, uh that's our philanthropy uh, group. Low Entropy, um, I think it's lowentropy.org, Matthew, or is it? Yeah. Yeah. So lowinterview That's where our work is found as well, and that's our partnership to, towards this uh, success for teens. In terms of finding me on social media, if you just Google Carison Group, uh, it'll lead you to all my socials.
1: Do you want to spell Carison? There's uh, several spellings of it. That way, they can find the right one.
3: Absolutely. It's uh, K A R A S I N uh, Group. See, yeah, I
1: had C A R R I S S O.
3: Yeah, there's tons of different ways, of course. We
1: this.
2: And um, it was actually lowentropy.ca. Dot, so, dot CA,
1: ca. okay.
2: Yay,
1: yeah, ca Canadians, woohoo. <laughs> we have a lot of American <laughs> listeners, so just... Oh, nice. .ca is for our, our Canadian websites. Everybody out there is looking that up. Um, so going back to the teen struggles, the way that... through like we're we're focusing on building self-esteem and confidence and leadership skills, but we do that through our young entrepreneur program. Um, it's funny when I first go into the classroom and the kids don't know me and my business partner. He played in the NFL for five and a half years, so he's a super good looking, super athletic, really cool guy, and I'm just some chick from Canada. Um so they all fall in love with him all the time because he's he's basically a celebrity. And then I'm the normal person. <laughs> um, and I you know, it's funny we we kind of teach a few just regular entrepreneur lessons and then once we start to gain their trust we start to kind of tell our own personal stories struggles that we've gone through and that's how we really connect with them because we show our vulnerability and they realize that we're humans as well um what how do you guys get past that nervousness that they have to get to know you and trust you do you do the same thing or do you have a different technique
3: so to speak to that um Personal stories, uh, that's kind of where we started. That's kind of what we're looking at doing in terms of how we connect with others is personal story. But if we look at it deeper and now we're talking a little bit more of a marketing thing um, and not to shy away from, you know, business and uh, philanthropy, um, the story of us, that's the story that we really need to be telling is the story uh, about how not just us, how we made it through. We, We went through this. This is what happened and this is how we ended up. But the story of how we were all connected and how the person who's listening to the story is actually the hero in the story. The person who's listening to the story can actually connect to, hey, I'm going through this. And if I listen to this, this is how I'm going to end up. So this is the story now that we're working on is telling the story, the story about us and the story of now. Why, Why now? Why wait? Why not do this 10 years from now?
1: Absolutely. Um, what about you, Matthew? Do you have any techniques that you use to to be able to gain their trust so that they kind of learn a little bit better and, and bond with you? Or
2: yeah, so usually when you with any starting conversation, there's seems like there's always this facade or this 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 front that we put on just so we don't uh, get hurt or get judged. And so once you come from a connection and share something personal from yourself, where when I tell them, you know, I used to stutter, I, I went through depression. It opens, it opens them up. And um, I, I truly believe that we can uh, actually connect with each other through pain because that's one thing that we all have. We all share pain and it's how we deal with these tests that it become testimony for us to connect with each other. Mm. And when we feel this pain, we don't want other people to go through it or we know what they're going through and we could really side with them. And so when, you know, what Lev is saying that when we actually see that, we are our neighbor's keeper that we see each other by helping other people go through their struggles. We ask the better ourselves because we only win when we all win. So, um, that's kind of the best thing that I find out. Cause even when I go through some challenges, it's only when I'm thinking about myself. Mm. So going back when I was thinking about being shy, introverted, I was basically thinking about, Oh, what are people going to think about me? Uh, always about myself versus thinking about how can I serve? How can I give value? How can I just project myself in a way of helping others? Um, it just started to go away, and it's only through learning these tools and tips through my life, as uh, now I, I can use them, and that's why I, I know it's so valuable and will connect people if they understood that now. So,
1: um, Just going back to um, how did you overcome your stutter? and? Does it ever come back when you get nervous or anything like that? Because I have a, yeah. one of my best friends, he says, the only time he doesn't stutter is when he's hanging out with me because he's so comfortable with me because we've known each other for forever.
2: Yeah.
1: And so I was just curious about that.
2: There's actually different levels of stuttering. So it was really bad in the beginning. My parents actually put me through a really rehabilitation program where to learn how to, if it gets stuck on words, I would kind of uh, reframe it. But then, even when I got through the physical part, I still have the mental part where the words come out in my head, but it doesn't always flow. And uh, so I would think about things and I would just just try to, if I would get stuck in an idea, I'd have to come up with another word for it to feed out. Um, But it is a, you know, it's part of my story and it's the way how I connect myself with other people and become a better listener.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah. and what Matthew is touching on is basically sharing our vulnerability, being courageous about sharing our vulnerability with others. So we put everything on the table so then others can, co- can connect to that. Um, and not necessarily having other people share what they're vulnerable at. That that's not what we're aiming for. It's we're aiming for that, hey, we are human uh, as, at, just like they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
3: But we can all be extraordinary together.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely what 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 size groups do you um usually have to facilitate this program success for teens
3: so with that Matthew you want to speak to that (laughs) yeah
2: so we're basically still in the uh the the researching stage because when it comes to teaching students and kids there's so many different levels of uh, restrictions and red tapes and Mm -hmm. so we've actually been spending a lot of time um volunteering with uh the access uh, outreach group so uh I had a chance to go to the the Coquitlam Center Mall and just go around and, you know, talk to some teens that are, you know, really on the streets. And I don't think there should be any teens or youth on the streets. Um, It's it's because it seems like they're kind of forgotten. And when we were talking to them, they're not thinking about, you know, what am I going to do five years or two years? They're thinking about, should I still be here? Mm -hmm. they're, They're thinking about those ideas of just, it'd be easier if I'm just not here and just ending it all. And so, just to connect and just uh, to listen to them, and just uh, encourage them, uh, it you know means a lot to them. And so, it really humbles you, just you know, to <laughs> to just just life and just being grateful.
3: Mm-hmm. And we also, I mean, speaking to that, um, our our methodologies and our practices are not so much aiming at a cure we're not trying to cure anybody uh, but we are aiming it in terms of preventative measures we're we're aiming at empowering individuals so that they can um they can be be unstoppable with whatever it is that they're facing if they are facing anything or if they want to say create businesses and do great things too so It's not so much about, hey, this person is, a, and it it speaks to those people as well that Matthew is talking about that, you know, are in a low level state where um, they don't have much and they're not thinking about, you know, tomorrow. They're thinking about now. How can I get my next meal? Right. So um, it definitely speaks to a diverse group. We are in the infancy stages of our development but we're definitely onto something really big in terms of after doing all the projects that we've done, uh, we feel that this is definitely something that's going to make a huge contribution, uh, not only locally, but we're uh, definitely presuming globally.
1: Awesome. Uh, I'm really excited to delve into a little bit more about what the program is all about. We have to go to commercial break, but we'll be back in just two minutes with Matthew and Lev. See you in a minute, everyone.
4: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey you,
0: yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 866 teen that's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future
4: i'm busy and so is my family leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore 639 at freshly.com.
3: Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break. Um, Just while we were uh, on commercial, I was discussing with Matthew and Lev, two young men who help facilitate a program called Success for Teens about how difficult it is for us to help young people. And I know that sounds crazy, but every time we try and go to a school or a community group or whatever and say, hey, we've got this amazing program, we're gonna change lives, save lives. We get all of these people saying, oh yeah, but we need this paperwork and this paperwork and this video footage and this red tape. And it's heartbreaking because all three of us know that when we walk down the street and see youth that are homeless or struggling or sad or struggling with depression, we can help solve that problem, and yet there's so many weird things and laws and all these different things that are stopping us, and it's so frustrating. So, gentlemen, tell me about some of your frustrations of getting your program out to the community.
3: Um, so, yeah, so the, the red tape, uh, again, it's all bureaucracy. Um, schools don't, schools have their own programs, And they don't trust outsiders. Um, If it's not part of their curriculum, if it's not part of their um, education system, they don't want it. Um, They don't believe in it. Um, And it's not necessarily the teachers. It's not necessarily the students. It goes higher and higher than that. And the sad part is, is the people that don't, uh, that we need to get to, aren't even in the schools most of the time. So the principals, yes, they have a say in it, but it goes further than that. It goes to the school district. It goes to the the Provincial um, levels. And I know you guys in the States, there's no pro- provinces, but in uh, like a state level. So it's definitely it's definitely a battle to, to do good. And that, that's the saddest part about it all is that we're fighting to do something good where there shouldn't even be a fight. Of course, there's, uh, I mean... In any kind of environment, in any kind of world, there will be malpractices. There will be people taking advantage of certain situations. Um, so, um, in in a one in one sense, yeah, it's good that they have the red tapes. It's good that they're limiting what what people do and what people can um, participate in. At the same time, we've got to take into consideration that maybe there is a little bit too much red tape. Maybe that one-hour speech at a high school is, you know, not enough. To, to make a big difference because, you know, you'd hear a speaker come in and, wow, great, that went really well. But what about the, the next day when they forget all about it, right? Mm-hmm. So our whole initiative is to actually implement an eight-week program where we, it's like building a habit. We continually come in and we can continually educate them, empower them, and then, after that, there is another uh, source that they can tap into where they can they themselves can become leaders, where they themselves can facilitate the, the programs that we're hoping to put out. Um, and that's where our efforts are pointed towards, not so much of, hey, come in through this program, see you later, uh, but more so, hey, let's develop you as a leader and let's have you facilitate programs because you're such a great person um, that you can have others do great too. So creating that sustainable um, effort when me and Matthew are not around and when we're all growing up and we're living in different places and we're doing different things, uh, we want this program to continue.
1: Yeah. Well, so, so I've spent mm, almost my entire life savings that took me 10 years to save up uh, running my nonprofit for the last two years. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. enough for a down payment on a nice house in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And there are so many days when I get, Uh, you know, just push back from all these different things. And it's like, man, I should just retire, move to the Caribbean and fish for the rest of my days, because that's (laughs) what I really love to do. Um, But there's things like letters that I get from the kids that keep me motivated and keep me pushing, keep me spending every penny I earn uh, to try and help more kids, because it's just I mean, that's what I really love. And and no matter how many walls get put up, I'm always going to break them down. It's exhausting some days, especially when you're alone. So it's good that you have a team. What about you guys? How do you keep going when the whole world says no?
2: <laughs> that's the question. Who motivates the motivator? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the thing is like, uh, I, I truly, um, for me, I, I just I just am really conscious of my associations. I, mm-hmm. I understand that, Um, I I learned this from, uh, there's this uh, social media guy, his name's Ed Milet, he says, in the world, there's about 80% of the people around you who actually are good, right, and, you know, they support you, they help you, they care about you, but then there's the 20% that they are good, but they're just operating at a a negative um, pattern, and Mm -hmm. And so they start discouraging you. But out of the twenty percent, there's always the two the percent. They're actually just poison, and they they will go behind your back and things. But there's no point taking that little two percent and letting it affect ninety eight percent of your relationships. Mm. Then, because at the end of the day, you can't do everything yourself. And so I always thought that I, I couldn't do philanthropy and giving back. I had to, you know, focus on on a business. But because we started to realize that. There's so many people that want to do great things, you know, and if we just link arms and share it, we can actually do great things together and we just uh, keep enrolling other people into that and just getting, you know, more doors open. Uh, like one of my friends, uh, she was telling me, she actually um, works with uh, kids, with helps them out with uh, basketball and... Um, she, I was telling her about our program, and she was telling us that you know the challenges of actually going to schools because one, it's actually a competition for other schools, and their programs, right? Because you know why would they uh, market your course if they already have one? And then they also ask you, is it sustainable? And so as we're kind of going out and finding out what people are already doing, we're not trying to like, like I was saying before, we're not trying to cure anything. We're we're actually trying to focus on the prevention. Um, but also what tr- we're trying to do is where can we give our 20% of our time, our effort, our energy, and our resources to make an 80% impact? And that's the best way that we can go and we can be, be able to grow something and make an impact in, in the community.
1: For sure. So what are some of the key fundamentals of the program Success for Teens? Like if there was a parent out there listening that wanted to enroll their kid in your eight-week program, uh, what are some of the main things that you're going to focus on and how do you facilitate those?
2: Yeah, so we basically uh, the, the first one is just a basic introduction. We're going to tell them about it's an eight-week program. Um, it, um, what we're going to be doing is we're just going to take one tip and we're going to be going around similar to the uh, structure that we're using for Conscious Connections where we just have about 5% content, but the rest of it is just telling people how, how they're implementing and how it affects them. And then they'll realize that other people that are going there are actually feeling the same things and they can start sharing that same type of experiences and mm-hmm. during the eight weeks we would uh not really have homework because no one really wants homework but home fun or we basically just uh add able <laughs> to um you know find out what did you do or how did it work and we would have like an accountability program attached to that because actually that's why most people fall off because they either don't do the homework they don't understand you know something happens that are challenging in their life but we would have Uh, different uh, facilitators that would be able to check in with them throughout the week to make sure they come back. And if they did do the homework, well, that's okay, but they can learn from other people. And that's, and it's really a group experience. And um, that's what we're looking to do for the kids.
1: So I was looking through the book and there's eight chapters. Is that kind of each one of those days that you have in your AE program, you focus on one of those chapters?
2: Yeah. So the, basically, if you look at it, there's eight chapters and there's um, it's all around taking care of the little things, that little things matter. Mm-hmm. And there's eight points that help make that true. And so what we would do is we would take one of those ideas and uh, to share one how it affects our life, but also... Uh, open them up to the invitation of how it impacts them because the book shares other people's experiences and we want to make sure, you know, we want to hear their story. We want to know how it affects them because then they can eventually graduate and be able to participate as saying, Hey, listen, I've I've been through this and I I know what you're feeling. And, um, you know, now they can pay it forward.
1: So one of the struggles that I find with uh, teaching youth about things that they may or not, may or may not be excited about, is how to not come across as preachy. I really, really hate, and I'm using the word hate even though my dad hates when I use the word hate, he says strongly dislike is what I should say, but I hate when people get up there and preach to youth because they just don't care. Um, That's why we created an entrepreneur program because they're actually doing something physically that they love that's their own and they learn their own lessons by themselves like we're not telling them how to how to be in life they're figuring it out how do you guys uh, kind of overcome that how do you bridge that gap of instead of just talking about little things matter how do you get them to you know really experience it so that they create that lesson for themselves do you do interactive things within the program or
3: that you hit it right on the mark there we that's the, we can't come off as I'm the teacher, you're the student. Um, here, listen to me. Uh, I'll tell you how it works. <laughs> That's not really. It's it's not very effective, and we see that in our schools. I mean, when you come out of school. How much do you really take with you from that? Aside from the connections that you built, the friendships that you built, uh, the relationships, you don't take any of that that you sat in classroom and, hey, learn this because I'm the teacher and I, I'm the boss and I know what to tell you. So for us, it's more of an interactive uh, field, like Matthew was saying earlier, uh, more of a group where we share. We share our our vulnerabilities, what we deal with on a daily life. And we share uh, things that, you know, that me, me, Matthew, and our other partner, Micah, who, what we've gone through and how we've overcome these things. So through that sharing, through that vulnerability, um, we connect with the students and we listen to them. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that that's what we forget a lot is that, and, and it doesn't happen in schools, is the listening. The listening is the biggest part of it all. Um, when we listen to them, we listen to their needs, their wants. Well, what are they thinking? What are they talking about? What are they dealing with? Right? That's how we connect with them. And that's where the true relationship starts building.
1: Absolutely. So in chapter one, the little things matter, your first lesson, what's a little thing in each of your lives that matters? Can you give me an example?
3: <laughs> uh, that's right on the spot, but we like that. Uh, Matthew, you want to go first? <laughs> okay, sure. Um, so
2: little things matter is, uh, it's basically built around the principle that, um, so recently I got into a, a car accident. And, um, my, my back and everything has kind of been hurting and, um, I'm I'm just trying to like rehabilitate it, but I've always, I always suffered with posture and things in the past. And it's only when this car accident happened it now affected everything else. Um, so the whole thing around little things matter is there's things that I know I should need to do to fix it. Um, but because they're so easy to do, they're also easy not to do. And that's usually what we gravitate to, which is the path of least resistance. Um, so, for example, um, you know, if let's say if I were to eat an apple a day, right, you probably won't see much of a difference, right? But uh, over time, you will. Versus, I, if I ate a, a candy a day, you would see this. This uh, so this is basically called the, the slight edge. Uh, um, it, the 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 person who wrote the book is the son of the person who wrote that book. The the slight edge. And it's all about taking thing, taking care of the little things right now, because they're it's really not about the big things. it's It's the little things, the decisions we make that make the biggest difference. And so, um you know, for 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 youth, it's like choosing to study five, five minutes uh, or applying their day, five minutes uh, instead of watching TV or social media. Not much of a big difference. but imagine if you always know what your day is going to look like and you can now anticipate it, whether you want to do, yoga you want to do meditation it's just taking care of the little things and these little things end up making a huge drastic difference and take you exactly they, they determine your future mm-hmm. and so that's why they start off with that little things matter because it's the it's the foundation of everything and it basically determines our life and our future
3: mm-hmm. I'll give you three little things that matter for me okay. uh, and it's basically when I wake up um, I've been also in a few car accidents uh, and I've gone to the chiropractors and everything and uh, the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up is do a stretch so I do like uh, pull my legs in and I do a back stretch and that really sets the tone for the day in terms of what kind of pain I was, I'm going to go through now that's physical uh, in terms of mental, what I do is when I wake up in the morning, it's the first hour of that morning, I do not plug in. I don't plug into my emails. I don't plug into my social media. I don't plug into the computers. What I do is I read. Oh, so very those cool. Are, yeah, so those are the three little things that I do every day. Uh, and for me, it's seven days a week that make a profound difference because, I mean, the amount of books that I read in a year is, it's, a, it's incredible just to watch that from, when I was 29 years old and never touching a book and never reading a full book in my life. And now I'm over 500 books in three, wow. years, three years later, right? So it's it's definitely an incredible journey. And I mean, um, doing just the little things, it doesn't make a big difference. It doesn't make a big impact. But over time, it accumulates uh, um, exponentially.
1: Mm, absolutely, I, yeah. My my business partner and I met at a conference in San Diego about three years ago, and the the gentleman who ran the conference, there wasn't a ton of things that I learned from him. I have to say, he was quite arrogant and, and a little bit out of it. And I hope he's not listening, and I doubt he is. But <laughs> he, but he said one thing that I will I will always cherish, and because of this one thing, I forgive him for <laughs> for a lot of the other stuff. Um, he said that every morning when he wakes up, he str- gets up and stretches, looks up at the sky and says, how can it get any better than this? And I love that. And I do that now. And it's so weird. If I don't do that at the very start of my day, I notice it. I notice my attitude through the rest of the day. If I get up and I go, how can it get any better than this? I'm healthy. I'm happy. I have friends and family around me. Like it just, just being grateful for those two seconds, first thing in the morning, It. It's a huge difference, I, and I think people must think I'm crazy saying that. But I know people that have those little habits and those little things in their lives; they they really do notice something from it. So, so did you like say
3: out. that this morning?
1: I did not this morning. Oh, <laughs> I,
3: uh, I
1: went out dancing. Yours just
3: put your earmuffs on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I did something bad last night. I went out dancing till about three o'clock in the morning and had far too many vodkas. So I didn't do very much this morning. I have to say. <laughs>
2: I love that question that you you shared. Uh, I think that's really awesome because one things that I, I do in my morning to get it started is I got it from Tony Robbins, where he talks about the the questions that you you know, what am I excited about? What am I, what am I grateful for? Uh, what am I passionate about? And because your your brain over, over, I remember for the longest time I was I was was thinking, um, what do I need to do today? What do I need to fix? And it would just go slowly like and start my day and looking for all the negatives and now since i've been focusing on all the positives they've always been there but now i'm 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 attracting them i'm seeing them and they start happening more often as they're recurring and so i I love that one how how can this get day any better i'm gonna add that to my questions
0: morning
2: virtual (laughs)
1: So we only have about seven or eight minutes left live, so I'm going to skip a couple of the chapters and go to one of my other favorite ones uh, where it says there's no such thing as failure. Can you guys talk a little bit about that uh, chapter and what you teach towards that?
3: We all we all went silent there. What yes. do you mean there's <laughs> no such thing as failure? <laughs> no, uh, failure is a big part of life. Uh, mistakes happen. The most important thing about it all is what you do with that failure. That's, I think, where where the disconnect happens because people get uh, demotivated as soon as something wrong happens or they label it as wrong or something, you know, didn't go the way that they planned and hoped that it would. Uh, for us, what failure is, is actually a learning. It's a stepping stone. It's, you know, it's something that will get us through and make us better, more improved, Um That's what failure is for us.
2: So um, one thing I'll add to that. So when, say, you know, failure doesn't exist. um, Like uh, if you had a magic wand and like uh, for whether from Harry Potter says, imagine what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Mm. Um, And it's just kind of completely freeing. Like, wow, I I would, you know, write a book. I would travel. I do this, this, this. And, um, you know, it, it costs us when we don't go after our goals and our dreams. Um, because we feel like, hey, I can fail. But the the true thing is, I, I for me, I I don't believe there is any failure. Because failure is actually in my control. Because failure is only present if I stop trying. And so, because if I just keep going, I can never fail. I just get better and better and better. Like he asked me, Jordan, you know, did you fail all those shots? He's like, no, I just, you know, you just over a period of time, you just got better and better and better, and you just make attempts to get closer to that exact goal. If I retreat, if I miss the target I was like oh I failed it's like no I just didn't hit the target that's all that happened and everything I also created was just a story and um, yeah so hopefully that for me no failure <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I've failed a gazillion times in my life, and I <laughs> love it. I've actually got a YouTube channel that we're starting very soon, and it's called Watch Me Fall, and it's about all the mistakes that I've made in my life. Um, and I'm going to be inviting people into my living room, because I have a whole studio set up, uh, and just interviewing people about the mistakes that they've made, and how it's made a positive contribution to their life. And I hope my parents do not watch this show, because there are certain things that they should never know about their daughter <laughs> That we're going to talk about because it's. I mean, if I, th- I think if everybody knew like all the worst stuff about me and they still appreciated me for who I was, uh, I think it would be a, a nice step for all of us. And I think if we could all do that, if we could all admit our biggest flaws and just say how we screwed up, a lot of people have made the same mistakes we've made, and they'll. I don't know. We'll all learn from each other and and connect better. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: that should yeah, be and and I mean that's the you said it right there. I mean, we. It's hard to learn from people who have been successful because we're not in their shoes. We don't have the opportunities they have. Um, But when we see people's failures, we can relate to that. We can see, you know, this person has done this and it didn't work out for them. Well, maybe I shouldn't try it this way. Maybe I should try it that way. So failure gives us a lot to work with uh, as opposed to success and opportunities that You know, people might not be able to have so that's why I love reading autobiographies and uh, things I got about people because it tells you a lot not just about how they became successful but the journey
1: Hmm. So okay we only have three and a half minutes before the end of the show Um, what are some kind of key things that you'd like to say to the world If, if if this radio show was broadcast in every living room around the world right now and you each had one minute to say something about yourself or the program or something go
2: Okay, I guess I can start off. Um, uh, See, uh, recently uh, someone told me about um, if you had the whole world's attention for 10 minutes, what would you say? Mm. Um, And one thing that I I would really wish and hope people to really understand is that they're not alone. You know, usually when we stop trying or we start cutting people out um, or we just shut down, it's because we think we're all by ourselves. Mm. And when you know the people who are super happy um you know uh sometimes i i I meet them and they're just really putting out a front because they have to be strong for their family Mm -hmm. and to just know that we're human we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna go through ups and downs but when you surround yourself with positive people that encourage and support your dreams and your goals not where not your current reality things can change and you can do great things miracles and Um, you can not only better yourself, but better your whole environments and everyone around you uh, so we can all get better. Absolutely. Is
3: it my turn? Yes. It's your turn, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to say that, um, first of all, thank you for having us on the show. Uh, We're really appreciative and grateful for spreading spreading what we do and how we can contribute over this broadcast. Uh, And the other thing I wanted to say is that You know, everybody goes through something in life. Um, It's not necessary. And you're not alone. That's basically what I wanted to say. You're not alone. There's others that have gone through it. uh, And there's others that are willing to step up and be there uh, to contribute to you.
2: Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I I would just say, like, don't be afraid to ask. A lot of us, we're always afraid to ask is how we would feel. But I've had great, uh, great conversations with people just by asking for help and just for seeing what we can do together. So just like how we kind of connected here and the people we can
3: connect and
2: how we're, you know, what we can do together, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely.
3: Plug so, in Matthew Millions on uh, Instagram. <laughs> Matthew Millions.
1: Actually, I was going to say, just before we wrap up, do you mind giving your um, Instagram or your Facebook so people can follow you just before we leave? <laughs> so,
2: so my, my uh, Instagram is just Matthew Millions um on, on instagram and uh matthew clockwick on facebook i guess
1: <laughs> okay for sure i'll um post the link to this radio show on the global team wealth facebook uh site and a link on our website as well and then i'll put uh, their social media links for anyone out there who'd like to follow them or get in touch with these young men i keep saying young men you're 31 you're 32 i'm 33 as of five days ago <laughs>
3: We've still got a lifetime ahead of us.
1: I know. As long as I call you young, and I'm the same age, I feel young too. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for uh, facilitating this program, Success for Teens. Um, And just make sure that anyone out there listening goes and checks out the giversgroup.org. And uh, hopefully we can... talk to these guys and help them get this program out to more kids. So thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you all next week with Mark Bear reed He's going to be our guest next week. And this man is a philosopher and quite an interesting human being who's actually also from Vancouver. So thanks, gentlemen. Bye, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time at 5 o'clock Monday.
0: (laughs)